Hello, and welcome to The Savage Voice. Today, we have a special guest with us, Avital Miller, and she is going to talk to us about, I think, energy, right? A lot of different uh, topics surrounding how to transform our energy into a better purpose. So I will throw it to you. Give us a little background on yourself and what you do. Thank you so much. And I'm thrilled to be on here. I love the way your podcast is very straight to the point. So to me and all you listeners out there, it sounds like you all are very open and ready to get to the truth and the heart of the matter and live that energetic, bountiful life that we're going to be talking about. And I had this threat to that temporarily, which is what takes us into what my story is and how I'm doing what I do today. But as a child, I was called the Energizer Bunny. I'm called the Energizer Bunny again. But there was a break in between there. And I actually have an engineering degree as well as a dance major. And I was a program manager at Microsoft. And it's a great company, but how many of us at age 20 know what we want to do for life? So I quit. I traveled around the world. And then I became a yoga and fitness instructor, teacher trainer, and I'm teaching 25 to 30 classes all over town. Wow. That's a lot. I know it was a lot, but it's like nothing when you're an energizer bunny. It's intense when you start having health issues, when you feel like you're sick without any real diagnosis for a couple of months and my hair was falling out, my muscles were turning to fat and I was having issues with fatigue. And I didn't know what was going on and if that was going to continue, the doctors were having trouble figuring it out. Inside me, I just had this vision of I'm going to be helping a lot of people in the future. Somehow this is going to work out. Somehow I have to figure out how to live with this. And eventually the doctors diagnosed me with an autoimmune disorder called Hashimoto's as well as hypothyroidism. They put me on a high dosage of medicine and then sent me out the door saying that's it for life. And I thought, all right, then like I thought, I really want to accomplish a lot in the future. So let me figure out how to live with this, like an arranged marriage. But that's when I really went into a greater understanding of what energy is, a greater understanding of what health is, as I was doing my research and reading books and online and going to different types of health and healing practitioners. I studied with an Ayurvedic doctor in India one-on-one for two months. And then I started meditating. And it was like I went from medication to meditation because the doctors were tapering me off of the medicine. That was a miracle to me that I was getting better despite the the prognosis of just being stuck with that. And do you know how when you're buying a new car, all you see everywhere is that car that you're looking for? Absolutely. Yep. That's the reticular activating system in the brain. So note what we focus on is what we see everywhere. So think about what you want to focus, what you want to see everywhere and focus on that. And I'm meeting all these people who had these miracle healing stories. They were told they're going to die in a few months or a few hours, but I'm meeting them years later. And I took that a step further and I put together my book, Healing Happens, Stories of Healing Against All Odds. And that's where I started interviewing all of these different types of health and healing experts for the purpose of 
this book and to share the stories, to share how we can overcome seemingly insurmountable challenges. What tips can we do in just a minute or two where we quick feel a quick boost in our energy or joy? And then how are they these people repeating this process? What's the same among different forms of healing? Okay. So that's a big piece of what led into a lot of the programs that I've been creating, which have expanded in many directions from there as well. That is so interesting. And it's funny when you bring up this, because I recently just bought a car and I was talking to my husband and he was like, I see your car everywhere now, <laughs> everywhere I go, I see your car. And I'm like, yeah. So it is very interesting to know that it, there's an actual science behind it and <laughs> there's a reason for it. So it's not like happenstance. That's very interesting. I like the fact that you bring up that there is things throughout different practices that show up. And I would like to talk a little bit more about things that you've seen that show up in different spaces that seems to have a trend, not a trend, but um, a continuity across spaces, right? Mm -hmm. Not just one space. What are things that you are seeing across spaces? Yeah, yeah. The first thing, this really blends into what I call the full-bodied success mastery, as well as my energize your life tips, kind of put two different sets together there. But Dr. Bernie Siegel, he wrote Love, Medicine, and Miracles. He's a regular Western medical doctor. He's treating people with cancer and he gets all these patients that he considers terminal from his past experience. But then he starts paying attention to the people who are healing from the terminal diagnoses. And he's going, the ones who are healing from terminal diagnoses who are continuing to live are the ones who are focusing on the reason to live. And he had this guy who I want to say we commonly think like, okay, I want to raise my kids. I want to see my grandkid walk down the aisle, but it's no, I'm a landscaper. It's springtime. I want to go do the landscaping and make the world beautiful. I have nine cats and I need to stay alive to take care of them. I want to finish watching the soap opera series. So this is our reminder also of the little things in life that bring joy and not just the big things and what's your career path. And this really opens up the door of understanding more deeply what our purpose is, what our career path is. One of the most energetic things you can do is to find that authenticity. And I want to, for you all, I don't always go in this direction, but then take this to the next step for you, which is to consider the concept of being in your authentic self. And if you remember earlier, I talked about what can you do to quickly feel more energetic and more joyful. What I want to say is that we have the freedom to go in any direction at any moment. So when you have that moment that you want to feel lazy, that you want to grieve, that something happened that didn't feel good, that you want to go into the sadness or the pain of it, and that's your way of working through it, to have that authenticity with yourself. Because when we try to push ourselves against 
the flow of what's happening in the wrong timing, then we're in resistance to ourselves. Then we create another layer of tension. So when we're not doing what we're meant to be doing in terms of our purpose, when we're in relationships that are not supportive, that don't feel like we should really continue there, when we're living in places that don't allow you to truly be who you are, then you're causing disease, you're causing lack of energy. A lot of times sickness and fatigue, fatigue sometimes is a little different. I would say just being tired because fatigue is a deeper layer of being tired where there's a lot that's already broken down in your body. So you're a little bit further along, but just those little moments that you get tired, it's often because you're needing withdrawal from life. And you're needing withdrawal either because you're not living in your authentic self or because you're not creating the right balance for what you need. And that's where it's fun because then you go, okay, wait, I just need a break from people. I just need to be lazy for a little bit. I just need to be quiet. I just need to take a walk in the woods. It might be. And then you don't have to go through getting tired. You don't have to go through getting as sick. You can just take that time that you need for yourself. I know this question comes up all the time. For the women that I talk to, it is, what if I don't know what my authentic self looks like? I, I really don't know. What advice can you give to people that say, I have no idea? The first thing is that you said a key word, which is no. And what I would say is true authenticity, especially for our feminine aspect, changes from moment to moment. So if you try to figure out in your brain You've already taken too long from the authentic moment. And you're also trying to translate in the way that you've known life in the past through your past experiences and what your mind cognizes. You want to be careful of then trying to state what it is and trying to describe it with words and trying to prescribe like this is a permanent life prescription. So that's the first thing I'm going to say to that. And then the next thing is, how do you know? Okay, so let's take the no out and more like, how do I sense? How do I feel? How do I intuit that I'm in my authentic self? And one of the things is, and there's a lot of ways that this can go because I brought up, it's okay to be sad sometimes. So let's first just talk about when you feel calm, in your body. Um, what inspiration do you feel in each moment? What do you feel like feeling? What are you feeling? What do you feel like saying? What do you feel like doing? And one of the best things you can do to train yourself into this, especially for the women out there going into your feminine side of this, is to do authentic or improvisational dance movement. So you just play at whatever music inspires you, or if you want to be hundred percent authentic, you don't play any music at all because then you have less outside influence, but you move as each moment comes and you can watch yourself too. This is how, you know, if you're trying to think in your head, who you are is because you'll create a movement pattern of what you want to do next or after that in your head. And if you're staying in your body, by the time you hit that moment, you'll actually feel like doing something different than what you tried to pre-prescribe in your head. So that's one of the ways you'll start to train yourself of what's the difference of when am I in my head and when am I in my body. 
so hard because we have movement. And I think one of the hardest things we have a fluidity class is freestyle movement, sometimes prop based, but freestyle. And people are afraid of that class because there is no prescriptive way to move about. So you have to tap into something that's just inside of you. And I think people have a hard time doing that. So if you are new in that journey, where can someone start finding that movement inside themselves? I would go take classes that dance classes that give you the movements. So don't be afraid if you don't want to go into this empty abyss from the beginning. I would say growing up, I remember the first dance parties in eighth grade or third grade, third grade, sorry, third grade. I had no clue what to do. Um, and even by eighth grade, I still had no clue. And all the boys were sitting on the opposite side of the room from the girls and nobody's really moving. Nobody's really doing anything. And I had been a, a gymnast before that. So that it's very prescriptive type of movement and I started dancing throughout high school and that has much more range to it than the gymnastics did and more freedom of expression and after a couple years of taking dance classes and doing tons of different types of routines and movement in my body I was then able to improvise and there's just a care you take. And it's the same thing with when people learn art. Sometimes classes can spoil their ability to be an artist. Because then you just want to make sure that you're not adopting the form that you yeah. learned in the class and putting that on you. Yeah. But if that just helps you open up. When I lead programs in authentic movement, I'll often create opportunities where either I do simple movements and you copy them. And then I give words or cues which help you figure out how to transform it. And sometimes we play games between two people, which also helps trigger that. But once you break that down and really get the right type of support, dance improv groups are kind of fun for that because a lot of them will have similar exercises to what I was doing, yeah. at least to help you get moving but it's still in a more authentic space. So they don't usually come in and they're like, okay, just move. They have specific games to help you find. And that's how our fluidity class is kind of set up. But it's so interesting. I have a three-year-old grandson and I can put on music and he just moves. He doesn't care what it is. He doesn't mm -hmm. care what he's doing. He's just happy in the movement and the music, enjoying the music of things. So as we grow older, we lose that carefreeness. Is there a way that we can start shifting back and owning some of that? Yeah. And a big reason why that happens is because we're training kids to behave in a certain way. And when we train them to behave in a certain way, they have to go in their mind in order to figure out how to take action, which then means that there's no authentic learning and naturalness because they start processing everything through their head. That's also why we lose energy as we age. Uh, so I want to say that because when you meet those hippie parents who just let their kids do whatever they want and it drives you crazy because then their kids are really wild in public and whatnot. Well, what they're doing is they're giving them the opportunity to be in their authentic self. And what I would say for those of you raising your kids, there's nothing wrong with training to have that understanding and figure out how to be in alignment with what's going on around them. 
but see if you can just always redirect energy in a different way versus blocking energy. So that's one way. And then for us, what I would say is how I have found that authenticity by breaking through the emotional, mental challenges that I have. I'm just doing years of meditation, years of neuro-linguistic programming. This is what I do with my clients too when I watch them learn how to express themselves more. So every little emotional trauma, you just keep working through them. So that's one layer because it's like you're this beautiful stained glass mirror with all these colors and you just need to wipe the dirt off that you've been picking up during life. So that's one way I have been in specific programs where they're like, okay, you need to expand who you are, go beyond your limits. And you can actually do this every day. And it's one of my favorite things to do when I do different morning practices at different times. But one of my favorite ones is what could I do today that I've always been scared to do that expands who I am, that makes my comfort zone bigger. So you take those little steps. Another easy way is that what we've also done is we've created patterns in our neurology and our connection to the body. So you just break them by doing little things like put your trash can underneath the other side of the sink, change the order of your morning routine, drive in a different lane on the road, not the lane where the opposite side of traffic is coming. But if you have three lanes going in the same direction and you always go in the right, maybe you go in the middle one day, that'll start to trigger the breaking of patterns then creating space for new patterns. So when we talk about breaking patterns and creating mm-hmm. space for new patterns. Do uh, you think is one or two things that people can start to implement when they're trying to do that? You've brought up just changing some routines and doing something different. What are a couple other things people can do when they're trying to make that shift? I think we are all trying to move towards mm-hmm. um Releasing, especially when you're moving into a new time, a new year, how do we start to break off old habits and create new ones? Yeah, I have a whole course on how to create a recharging habit. We go through a lot of this in detail and there's assessments. And one of the things that's popping into my mind right now is to raise your energy. And have you ever heard the statement, you can't solve a problem at the level that it's at? You have to rise above it. So one of the easy ways is that if you are in a a higher vibration of energy, and I don't like to necessarily talk about higher or lower, but you're just in a different type of movement where things can move faster, where there's more open awareness, where there's less dirt on your stained glass. What's going to happen is you're naturally more motivated in a new direction. And this is great because if you're trying to find motivation to take action, I'll explain in a second ways to do this. But if all you do is simply raise your energy, then you're automatically going to feel more inspired and more joyful towards the direction of what you want. So just take a double inhale and tense all the muscles in your body and make a funny face while you do that. And then double exhale and release. 
and do that again. Double inhale, tense. Double exhale, release. I don't know if you want me to go into a whole exercise, but basically what I recommend doing is when you meditate, there's specific techniques that I've been trained in that come from the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda that kind of fit together like a science. But what I would say is the top thing that makes this difference of raising energy out of those techniques is that you're gazing slightly upwards under your closed eyelids. And if you think about that too, when you're sad and when you're tired, what direction is your energy? Down. And when you're happy and excited, what direction is it? Up. Up. So that's one thing. The other thing is that you're focusing your attention at the prefrontal lobe. When scientists are studying people using intuition, that's the part of the brain that's stimulated. So then you're also tapping into a different awareness, not just raising your energy. In your transition from a project manager at Microsoft to this more holistic, energetic kind of space, did you bring anything with you from that world? And how do you use that in what you do today? I have something that I call Avital science. <laughs> but I had to understand woo-woo through science in order for me to believe it. And very cutely in the book, The Autobiography of a Yogi by the yoga group Paramahansa Yogananda, like looking at your bookshelf if you have it, because it's spiritual classic. It's one of the most popular spiritual books out there. He has all of the footnotes. If you actually read the footnotes, that's where he's talking in terms of science. And I have to say, everything is made of energy. Energy is made of frequency waves. And we have sound and we have light. What if we just start delineating everything down to frequency waves that potentially exists that we put a name to? And that's where we've created a lot of the understandings, including understanding what depression is, what the dark night of the soul is. So I'm understanding that more through the science and can explain it that way, then bring it back to human terms. So that's probably the most close way in terms of what I'm sharing with other people. But because I have the technical background, being a business owner, it helps me be organized. It helps me be able to do a lot, to focus long periods of time, to maintain my website, to maintain my emails. I know some HTML coding and I have a little bit more flexibility as to creating websites and email templates on my own. So there are some of these little technical things. I know how to fix machines more than the average person when things break down. There's a natural intuitive sense around those. I've hired people who are experts in certain areas and they're trying and trying over and over again. And I'm like, why don't you just do this? And they're like, no, no, no. And then eventually they're like, oh, okay, that was the right thing. I understand. It's a conversation me and my husband have a lot of times. He's in IT. He's a tech. I'm like, why don't you just press that button? He's like, no, I have to go in here and I have to. I'm like, you sure? <laughs> it says press the button. <laughs> yes, I understand. <laughs> it is nice to, I think a lot of times we, 
especially as women, we feel like if we want to go down another path, <laughs> to throw away everything and start anew. And I try to help women say, okay, what from this old world is going to be valuable to you carrying it forward? And what do you really need to just release and move on? It's nice to always see what people carry with them into their new worlds. And I'll say this too, I have way more credibility because I have an engineering degree and I was a program manager at Microsoft than if I didn't have that because of how woo-woo my work is today. One. Two, I go into corporations and lead full-day leadership and success seminars. Do you really think they'd want me there if I didn't have the corporate leadership background? So it does play in. And then, of course, I saw a bit through various leadership roles that I've had as to, in general, what isn't offered, what isn't taught, what are some skill sets that could be gained in business? And that's what I get to go in and teach people that too. So there's a lot, actually, that crosses uh over. And I come from the banking industry, so finance, and I feel like there's a lot, especially as women, that we're not given permission in those worlds to do. So when you work with corporations and companies, what are things that you think should be brought into that space from this spiritual space or Mm -hmm. this energetic space that most companies don't offer? Yeah, well, let's see what pops in my head right now. Because what I'm noticing is I'll have this sort of planned, very technique oriented course. And then at some point in the middle of the day, probably once they're more comfortable with me, I'll just start spreading out these random spiritual things. And I don't always remember what right. I'm saying. But the first thing I will say is that a lot of times, People are hired to being a manager because they did a great job at their job, but they don't necessarily have any managerial skills, which is a very different type of skill set in going into being a manager. So bringing any trainings at all in how to be a manager for people transitioning to that supervisor level is huge. And then how are you teaching this and how are we developing relationships? How are you making decisions about how things move forward? So one of the things is it's very common in business to create a business plan, a very specific roadmap, and then you just have to follow that to the T. And the more time you spend, everything just goes down to numbers. And the more time you spend on something, then you're going to get to the results that you want. And that's where, one, you can ask the question, what is trying to happen? And you know, we talked about being in our authenticity. And when I said, if you know in your head, by the time it happens, that's not true anymore. So we really need to be careful when we create these plans. Of course, it's great when so many people need to move forward and you want to figure out exactly how to do that. But as you go to continue to have that assessment, what is trying to happen here? The whole world had a very quick bolt a couple of years ago when- the COVID pandemic happened and it was like everyone had their business plans. And if everything continued as it was before, then it could have been fine. All of those things could have continued as they were, but things changed and we had to figure out what is trying to happen here. And every business went in a different direction. Some shut down the minute it started. They said, oh no, we're not doing this. 
And some said, okay, we're going to get quiet for a little bit. Some, we're going to change it this way. We're going to keep going full force. It's going to be fine. And, and that was quite a bit of that tuning in. Um, but then the other, so what is trying to happen here? God, there's so many things that can come up. So the money system is something that humans created. Thing that humans create, in my mind, in my sense, in my understanding, is that's not necessarily what we need. Okay. That's not necessarily natural to our state. And we have created a world around money. And if you really think about it, how many businesses have come out, how many rules, how much stress gets tied around money so that it gets to the point where people think we think that we need to have money in order to live and that that's the key resource and the top resource in order to even be able to breathe. Then we go to this job just because we want money. So what I'm going to say, because it's a lot for people to just forget the whole money system and figure out another way to live like that is your next step <laughs> is let me figure out how to do what I love and make money for that. Let me figure out how to make my daily life at work, not just a paycheck, but part of the uplifting experience. Your energy will go down. I'm not going to say if you're only doing it for money because that will inspire some people because there's also a game and a magic around it. But if it's down, we're like, oh yeah, I need money in order to live versus I want money. I love making money. They're very different energies around money too. So money's not necessarily a bad thing by itself, but it's just what our relationship with it is. And that's where I start. I'm usually having a room full of managers sitting there with me. And I say, don't come to work just for a paycheck and help the people work for you also feel that and know that and know how they can grow in who they are and in their careers. Make the experience great for everyone as you're going about your day, not just the end result of what you're producing. I did a time management course last week and they really wanted, let's just get in and out. And it was also meetings. They wanted to go over, how do we do meetings? Let's get in and out. Let's just do the facts. And they said, I don't want to do this extra meeting because it takes all this time. We could have just done it in one instead of having the one-to-one -one meetings and the group meetings. And they said, well, also consider that time invested is building a relationship and how much time it will save you. If we're going to delineate everything down to time, but how much time it will save you later on because you spent that time building rapport. And I literally just, crumpled up a piece of paper and I said someone's name, a compliment about them and threw it across the room. And then I told them, okay, do that to someone else. Intention that they all had, how are we going to get it all done? And is this worth my time or not? Everyone calmed down. And all we did was take a moment to be human with our human selves and enjoy this moment and appreciate each other. Nice. As we wrap up, are there any last thoughts that you would like to leave the audience with? I'm getting two words, which is be you, which summarizes what we've been talking about. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. If people want to find you, 
where could I find you? Yeah, please come find me. And what I will say is if you want a free webinar on the three keys to unlock unlimited energy, you just go to unlockunlimitedenergy.com and you can find my book, Healing Happens, at healinghappensbook.com. And that will take you into all sorts of other resources and ways to connect with me. All right. We'll make sure that those two things are in the show notes. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. And it's been a pleasure. Thank you.